So, as uh, Dean's already said, there's a lot that I feel like we need to do, but it's not that we need to do, it's that we need to accomplish. You know what I mean by that? I feel like there's, there's some things we need to accomplish today that need to be done, if you know what I mean. Yeah? So, we're going to do our best together to be efficient with time, but also... Stay tuned in to the Holy Ghost, right? Let him lead today. Continue to lead. Just because we just got, we finished with worship doesn't mean we finish with worship. Doesn't mean we just tune out. Doesn't mean we don't continue in our inner man to bask in that sweet presence. Yeah? So let's just stay, stay there. All right? I don't, I, I'm not going to take a lot of time, but we're going to dive in. Right now, all right, so let's look at Genesis 4. Today, in case you haven't noticed with, with all the blue shirts, today's Love Life Sunday. So um, if you don't already know, the topic at hand is abortion. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to hit that from some different angles today, I'm sure. Okay, so we're going to dive in right now, Genesis 4. Verse 8, I think, right? Do we have that? Genesis 4, verse 8. If, if not, whatever. We're just going to roll. All right. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And uh, so, yeah, here, let's just read it. Verse 8. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where's your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian or am I my brother's keeper? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. All right, now let's skip ahead um, to Hebrews. Chapter 12. Well, I had it all pulled up. I'll find it. Okay, there it is. All right. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. It's kind of jumping in the middle of a thought. Um, But it says, and to Jesus. I'm going to read this from the Amplified because I like the Amplified a lot of times. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, uniting God and man, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks, say speaks, of mercy, a better and nobler and more gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. All right, let's stop there for a minute. Blood speaks. Blood cries out. The Lord said, listen. When he was talking to Cain, he said, listen. It cries out. Innocent blood, innocent life cries out to God. It's a spiritual thing, isn't it?
It's more than a political thing, isn't it? It's more than a changing of law thing. It's a spiritual thing. And this blood in the first shedding of innocent blood cried out. And it cried out for justice. It cried out for vengeance. And we we see that there's another blood that speaks. There's blood that cries out in the spiritual realm. And it's the blood of Jesus. It's that blood of the new covenant. It's that blood that speaks a better word. Because we know that at the cross, justice and mercy kissed. They met together in this beautiful, bloody new covenant. That fulfilled the justice and the vengeance side that cried out in the spirit. And it released mercy. A little later, not quite yet, ushers, we're going to take communion together. The ushers, we're not going to do it how we typically do. The ushers are going to pass out these little um, fully contained communion cups with wafers on top. And we're going to take communion together, just like Jesus taught us to do in in remembrance of him and that precious blood and that body. And we're going to do it together as that, but also as I believe today we need to join together in a prophetic intercession, speaking that blood, joining in that blood, remembering that blood. It says he's a mediator. That means he's an intercessor, and so are we. We're going to do that in a little bit. I, have a, I think I've got a little bit more time to dive into a few more thoughts. So let's, let's look in the spiritual realm back in, in Genesis. If we back up from chapter 4 to chapter 3, it's right after the fall. It's right after the devil, the serpent, deceived um, Eve. And then Adam just chose his wife over God, right? And they sinned. And it released a curse on the earth, right? And you remember the curse that, that God spoke to the serpent? He said, on your belly you'll go. Um, and there'll be enmity between your seed and God's seed. And it said, remember this? It was like one of the first messianic pro- pro- uh, promises, uh, prophecies in Scripture. It says, you will strike his heel or whatever, how whatever translation you're reading says, but he will this is a thought, so you can take it as that and see if if uh, you can you can see it in scripture and the Holy Spirit confirms it to you. I'm not 
interested in starting a new doctrine necessarily. All right? But this is something I'm seeing. In that first shredding of blood behind the scenes was the devil. He knew what that meant to a certain degree when, when God promised what you have just released in the earth, I've got an answer for. And it's going to come through mankind. And there's a righteous seed that's coming that's going to crush you. It's going to thwart everything that you have released in the earth. Every death, every, every sin, every destruction is going to get crushed. But the devil has been working from that time to do whatever he can to stop that from happening. So it makes sense to me, and I'm sure it made sense to the devil, if, I'd, if, if it's going to come through mankind... How do I take mankind out? I kill him. And we see this theme throughout scripture of the devil, all the way from then, all the way through Revelation, of the devil trying to, before it can even come to life, even before it has a chance, he tries to steal the seed, tries to snuff out the seed, tries to kill the life, because he knows the deliverer comes. He knew that Moses was going to come. He didn't maybe know who Moses was, but he knew there was a deliverer coming. And what did he do? Moved on Pharaoh, and they killed the innocents, right? Some of you have probably seen this before and heard this. What did he do in Jesus' time, when Jesus came the first time? There was the killing of the babies. Herod at the time was like, dang, we got to get rid of this other king. I can't have competition. That's what's happening in the political sphere. That's what's happening on the surface, just like it happened with Cain, just like it happened with Pharaoh. That's, there's that visible realm. But behind the scenes, guess what was really happening in the spirit? The devil's like, I cannot. I got to do whatever I can to stop this seed. I got to do whatever I can to stop this deliverer. I got to do whatever I can to stop but he can't. He can strike the heel, but he did not stop Jesus. And in Revelation 12, we see the, the way Revelation speaks, and we see this great war in heaven between the dragon. See, it was a serpent of old. Dragon in Revelation. And what? The seed. And just to streamline things, that is showing us that same picture of how the enemy tries to... to in, the, in the picture, it was the woman having the Christ child and him waiting right there, trying to kill it. Boom. But it didn't work. It hasn't worked. And it will not work. And in that same passage of Revelation 12, it says, We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. That sprinkling of the blood that speaks better things, that overcame, overcomes, and will overcome. 
every time. And in our day, Jesus initiated this kingdom and this movement and this really new race of little deliverers, of which we are, who get to participate with him who was the first fruit among many brothers. And the devil knows that we are the deliverers that join with the sacrifice of Jesus and overcome him by joining into that sacrifice, the blood of the lamb, word of our testimony, denying our life to death. He knows that there's deliverers being born. And what is he doing in our day? What, is he, what has he been doing? How many million? But we have to see behind the scenes and this is our role as the church who, who understand this and know this. And this is our partnership with the governments of the world. This is our partnership with, with shutting things down in the law. This is our partnership because we know the real battle behind the scenes. And we understand what really wins. So this is what we need to do. We need to do all those things, but we need to do this too. And shut it down at its core. In case you haven't noticed, there's a great shaking going on in our nation. And behind the scenes, behind all the political stuff, all the media stuff, all the racial stuff, guess what's really going on? This is our hour. We cannot be fooled. And we need to stick to what's going to win. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, word of our testimony, denying our life to death. If the ushers, um, if we can get the ushers, I don't know where y'all are, but let's do communion together. All right, so let's, uh, let's pass, pass that out. It's going to take a few minutes. But we're going to enter into a time where we look into the spiritual realm right now and we look in our, area, our sphere, right? What do we got? We've got Charlotte that is a main focus for y'all, right? Greensboro, Raleigh, and New York City. We're going to f- focus in the spirit on those, those spheres because we're joining together with Love Life and that's where they have, they have authority, right? And that's where they're going, so, as always, this is, don't do this under compulsion. Don't do this because everybody else is doing it. If you don't feel like doing communion, if you don't understand and you don't want to participate, don't feel pressured to do it. They're going to pass these out. And um, everybody just worry about your own business right now, all right? So once everybody gets, gets theirs, we're going to do this together. 
We're doing it together as, as a prophetic, intercessory, declaration, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, glorifying that sacrifice that crushes the devil. Jesus is the fulfillment. And here's the beautiful thing, too. Here's the beautiful thing, too. Jesus wins on all accounts. Just because somebody murdered, just because somehow the devil convinced someone to murder, Jesus wins. Jesus wins by saving that person, too. Jesus wins by delivering everyone everyone and then those people can be deliverers too right some of the greatest deliverers this day are those who have had abortions some of the greatest liberators of our time are will come out of planned parenthood that's a word Planned Parenthood is not the, an, the enemy. See how, 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 how much Jesus wins? He takes the very person that the devil thought that he was going to use, flips it, changes their life, heals, saves, and delivers them, and then they become a deliverer too. Come on, church. Let's take it a step, a step further. There are people on the dark side who understand maybe more than some Christians about spiritual warfare. But guess what? Jesus' blood speaks a better word than any blood sacrifice done in a different name. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus doesn't lose. He can't be beaten. His blood, his pure blood, that pure sacrifice, it overcomes every time. Thank you. Is everybody good? Yeah? All right, let's do this because we got more. We got more. We got to hear from Love Life today. So there's two layers of um, packaging that we got to get through. So we're going to, there's the top part, if you can, that has the wafer. All right, can you put up First uh, Corinthians 11? Is that, do we have that available? First Corinthians 11. If not, I can just Uh, I think it starts in verse 23. This is just communion. Okay, there we go. For I received from the Lord himself. Everybody good? All right, let's refocus. As we do this, we're doing this to honor Jesus, to join in with Jesus to remember Jesus, 
But also right now we're doing something additional. We're speaking into the spirit. We're speaking and joining to that, that blood that speaks a better word. And we're covering over, we're covering over that blood that is crying out in our nation for, for justice and vengeance. And we're saying that is met in Jesus. That is met in Jesus. And Jesus releases mercy. Mercy to Charlotte. Mercy to Raleigh. What's the next one? Greensboro. Mercy to Greensboro. Come on, mercy to New York City. Not judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy to Planned Parenthood. Mercy to lawmakers. Mercy to people who have joined into dark covenants. Mercy. The Lord Jesus on that night when he was treacherously delivered and up and while his betrayal was in progress took bread. All right, next one. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. It's broken for the lost. It's broken for Planned Parenthood. It's broken. It's broken for people who don't understand what they're doing. Jesus, on the cross, you said, Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. And in this nation, there's people who don't understand what they're doing. Whatever level of deception they're in, whatever level of demonic they're in, Lord, they don't understand what they're doing. And you said, Father, forgive them. And we joined to that body that was broken for us. Broken for our deception, broken for our healing, broken for our sin. We joined to that. We thank you that you've covered us, Lord, and we ask you to cover. So let's take the body. All right, if you haven't already, let's, let's open that, the next. All right, let's do the next slide. Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup also, saying this is the cup of the new covenant. It's that new covenant that speaks. The sprinkling blood that speaks of mercy. It was ratified and established in Jesus' blood. Do this as often as you drink it to call me to remembrance affectionately. Ooh, I like that. So right now, Jesus, Lord, we want to call you to our mind. We want to remember what great sacrifice you made. We want to remember everything you went through, every lashing, Every time you shed blood from from the Garden of Gethsemane on through. And we thank you that it was poured out for our healing. It was poured out for our deliverance. It was poured out to set us free. It's, It's the blood that has overcome. It overcomes now and it will continue to overcome for all of time. It's this blood of the new covenant 
that speaks of the perfect fulfillment of your justice and vengeance poured out on Jesus, and then the release of mercy, giving us what we don't deserve. Planned Parenthood does not deserve mercy, but you released it. People who have had abortions, they don't deserve mercy, but you pour it out. Lawmakers, they haven't deserved it, but you've poured it out. We have not deserved it, but you have poured it out. There's so many areas, every area in our life. Your sin, our sin, your sin offering covers everything. It covers everything. And right now, we thank you that it speaks a better word in the spirit. It speaks a better word than than every evil thing. Lord, and I ask you right now to, again, release that mercy to us. Release it to me. I ask you to release it in this nation. I ask you right now, let's do this together, to release that to Charlotte, to Raleigh, the third one I keep forgetting, Greensboro in New York City. Lord, right now, we ask you, to speak a better word and to cover a multitude of sins. Lord, and to release mercy. Lord, and right now, in Jesus' name, we believe you're shifting things. You are shifting things. You are shifting things. You are shifting things. You are breaking things. You said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not against people. But, Lord, they're powerful for the destruction of strongholds and tearing them down. And I thank you for the tearing down right now in Jesus' name. That you're tearing down these strongholds and mindsets, however deeply entrenched they are, you're changing and shifting in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you're shutting it down. In Jesus' name, we declare, Lord, that you crushed Satan at the cross. And it's the God of peace who continues to crush Satan under his feet. So together, let's take the blood. We love you, Jesus. We ask you to seal everything you're doing in us and doing in these cities and the earth. Amen. All right, Heather, come on up. Yeah, that was all. That that's the Lord. That was so good. I don't know how to follow that one. Um, I'm so excited. I know I had a couple people come up to me and say, "Well, I didn't get the email or about the love life." I'm like, "That's okay. Wear your love life shirt Saturday. That's when it matters." And um, before Joshua Reader comes up, um, I just. Want, we're going to, um, Joshua and Jackie are here with their sweet little kids. They're so cute. I want to adopt them. I'm like, you can be River Life. You totally fit in. And they're so precious. And I'm so excited for him to come and encourage us. And we will be joining five other in the surrounding areas, churches, 
Um, this week is our adoption week. I'm so excited. Wednesday is our fasting and praying. Um, if you can't tell, fasting is hard for me, but the Lord will conquer it all. And we just want to intercede all, with all the churches this Wednesday to unite, to pray, to fast, um, to really go after the Lord for this week, for uniting the church, um, to be there for these mamas and these daddies and these families. This is where we really can take part is um, being there, being a support system for them. And then Saturday is our prayer walk. So please come. Um, he's going to talk about it a little bit more. And then um, if it's your first time there, they will give you a free T-shirt. Um, if you've lost it, you can buy another one. And, um, or if you just want to give them a lot of money, you can do that too. And, um, but anyway, so um, we're going to play a video here. Um, and it's about, it's a new video about how really showing the testimony of the church and why mentorship is so important because it's going to be a testimony of a mentee who was able to connect with a mentor in a church and how their relationship blossomed and it was just being there for this person as they were, you know, they chose life. And um, Byron sent me an email. He's in Argentina right now. He sent me an email saying, I think this is right. Forty babies have been saved so far this year. Forty-nine. Woo, come on, Jesus. That's so good. And, like, even with all the silencing of the city council, whatever, um, we have 49 babies, and I'm so excited. This is amazing. I'm like, can't show us down. And so um, he's going to, uh, we're going to play this video, and, and you're probably going to wonder why he's hobbling up here, but he probably didn't listen to his wife who said, wear your chaps when you're chainsawing, and he accidentally hit himself with a chainsaw, so be praying for continued healing right now. Lord, heal that knee in the name of Jesus. Complete healing, complete power. Let it just be 100%. 100%. Just pray for that family, Lord. Nothing, the enemy cannot touch that family. No harm will come to that family, Lord. Just complete healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When I had Aiden, I was 16. I worked three jobs. I was in school. I never really liked to ask anybody to help me with him because I always felt like he was my responsibility. So when I found out I was pregnant with Akeem, I was looking for a way out. But that's what made me end up going and getting an abortion. So when I got there, it was the RV in between me and the abortion center. But I saw on the outside it said free ultrasound. So I went up there and I got an ultrasound and I saw my baby. And that's what made me decide not to go through with it. It's almost like, how did you even think about getting an abortion? So I think it was like two weeks after I had went, somebody from Love Life called me and he had matched me with Nikki. And I think that same day Nikki had called me and then we had set up so we could meet with each other. I knew it was God aligning us together. It doesn't matter what you need, it doesn't matter what time you need to call me, I'll be there. And it was important for me because I gave her my word that I would be there to let her know that 
This walk isn't something that she has to do by herself. She has me and the church along with us. Having Nikki, I always had somebody I could talk to, or if I didn't feel comfortable asking my mom something, it was easy for me to ask Nikki because, you know, she wasn't gonna, like, judge me or anything, so. I'm looking at her as if she was my child as well. It's just amazing how God orchestrates things because I really wasn't expecting to become mentor for my life. It was amazing how that all worked out. So it doesn't matter how old a king gets, I'll be here um, because it's basically a friend-family connection now. It's no longer a mentor-mentee connection. After I had a king, the support still continued. I still talk to Nikki to this day, and I chose life in December, and one of the best decisions I ever made was to keep a king. Be a mentor and get involved is an amazing thing to just know how you're helping somebody else. Amen. That's Robin and Nikki's story. And church, I want to thank you because you guys are part of this testimony right here. Um, we've been going at this for four years, four years now. And after going out there and praying and seeing moms pouring into that place, and now we've been seeing moms starting to turn and choose life, uh, they're asking for a way to get connected. What, now what? What do we do? Okay, I chose life. Now what? This is part of the mentor-mentee program that we have, as most of you have been to our prayer walks, coming out and connecting people. So this was just a, a, a woman uh, at another, another church, the Church of Charlotte of Jesus Christ, right? One body, one united body of Christ. And so there's, there's this lady who, who uh, chose life, um, uh, Robin and Nikki got connected, and now, now they're able to, uh, she's able to take care of her kids for her. She's able to provide some things for her. The church has been there. They've shown, thrown baby showers and stuff like that. So thank you, church, for you guys showing up. This is always the biggest thing that we, that we hear as far as a testimony is somebody was there. Somebody was out there. And we've heard testimonies, not the greatest testimonies of before. When I came, not me, but when somebody, other people have come, there wasn't anybody there. And so the church is showing up. This is the largest abortion center in all of the Southeast. And the Church of Charlotte is rising up. We have over 175 churches now in the Charlotte area that have committed to this. Six, over 60 of them have been new this year. There's over 1,000 churches here. There's over 1,000 churches in the surrounding area, but the Lord is doing amazing things, uniting and mobilizing the church. So I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you guys so much for, for standing for life, for speaking about life. That was an incredible sermon uh, earlier that we just heard. It was just about the blood crying out. This is a very real, real thing, and we'll, we'll get to this, but I feel like we need to cover this real quick. There's no shame. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's no shame or condemnation for anyone who has had an abortion or been part of an abortion or, or helped in any sort of way, funding it, driving, hearing, any, any of those things. Those are guilt. Those are, those are things of shame. Those are accusations that, are, that the enemy can bring up quite often in, in something like this. And so I just want to clear the air of what's already, already been said, that the blood of Jesus is what speaks over you. And you are free. You're set free. So there is no shame, no condemnation in anything that, that Love Life does, anything that I'm trying to present here. So please hear uh, through the heart that, that I'm speaking this through. Um, I want you guys to know, uh, most of you do know, the, uh, the mission of, of Love Life. 
And it's still the same today, and we've been seeing it happen. Love Life is uniting and mobilizing the church to create a culture of love and life that will bring an end to abortion and the orphan crisis. For nothing is impossible with God, Luke says, right? So listen to this. The miracle that I'm seeing, we see a lot of amazing things. I, I, I'm part of the staff. I oversee the marketing, market, marketing stuff there. I love life. But I get to hear and see so many testimonies coming in. And it's incredible. Moms being hooked up with other churches, uh, babies that were saved. There's so many incredible things. I'm not belittling any of them. But what is so unique and so incredible to me is the churches that are uniting and mobilizing. How many times have we heard, like, there's denominations, can't get along. It's so hard for churches to get together. And Jesus is doing something. I'm telling you, this is a prayer movement. This isn't, this, we, we use the name Love Life. It's a, it's a rally point for the churches. There, there's like 10 of us on staff at Love Life. This is not Love Life, I'm telling you. This is the church of Jesus Christ rising up. You, you guys have been here a few times, so I'm not talking to you like this is the first time they have heard Love Life. So I want you guys to know uh, the appreciation I have and, and the, the, what I, we're able to see from our advantage point is the, the, the uniting and the mobilizing of the church. And so that takes action. That takes people showing up. That takes people laying down whatever differences they may or may not have, whatever, and saying, we're coming here and uniting under the banner of Jesus Christ. So there, there's, there's no other way for this to happen other than through the body of Christ. Um, this is not going to happen through politicians. This is not going to happen through any legislation. This is going to simply happen through the church. And so there's this one other thing that I want you guys, most of you probably heard, the tragic truth of abortion. And you're going to hear my brother, Justin. I'm not sure if he's been here to speak before or not, but I'm sure you've heard him at some point or seen him on video if you followed anything with Love Life. Um, several years ago, this got birthed in my brother's heart, um, and, and we've been able to see this thing, the Lord just move. This is not just, we, we've been able to finagle and do some things. This is, this is the Holy Spirit that's gone way before us, and we're just happy to be able to be a part of this. But listen to the tragic truth real quick. There's, there's going to be some, uh, 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 words on the screen, but you can feel free to close your eyes as well as he asked you that too. This is our generation. These are our children. we got to start viewing it as that. You guys have heard me talk about the tragic truth. You've heard these numbers. You've heard these statistics. But I want to do something different. I want you all to close your eyes right now. Close your eyes. I want you to hear this in a fresh way this morning, guys. I believe that God wants to take us to a deeper level with this right now. I just wonder how much we would be pressing into prayer if two-year-olds were being walked into that building and not exiting. Listen, I believe there's no difference. And I guarantee you God sees no difference between a 10-week-old in the womb or a 10-month-old baby. God, let us feel what you feel. Align our hearts with yours. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Let us feel that, God, because right now, to be honest, we don't. Every BB that is dropped in this bowl represents 10 lives that have been lost. 10 lives that have been lost here in North Carolina over the last 10 years to homicide.
next one you're going to hear is drug overdose. Abortion. This is the number one moral issue of our day. The number one moral issue of our day. You guys feel the Father's heart? I've watched that a lot. <laughs> Listen to that a lot, but it's intense. we do Sunday launches, they're about hearing. We do hear, pray, go, and connect. Today, we're hearing again. We're reminded. And, and as you see, I get emotional. Um, being reminded. Sorry. This is happening here in our backyard. It's been going on for a long time. Well, over 100,000 kids that have died here in Charlotte. Father, what's your heart? Give us your heart, Father. Give us your heart. Abortion is the leading cause of death in the United States. There are a lot of things and a lot of people with cancer. All these are tragedies. This is by far the number one killer of our brothers and sisters. By far. 17,000 kids are killed every week. And as you guys know, many states now allowing abortion to happen at any stage. Sorry, I'm getting hit. <laughs> One in four women will have an abortion in their lifetime. That's why we know there's no shame, there's no condemnation here for anybody. There's many, many people part of love life that have had abortion in their past in one way or another. There's forgiveness, there's hope, there's healing, there's restoration. There's a ministry called um, Restored Life here locally. Um, there's, there's many other ministries that will uh, minister to you if, you if you need to find healing in that. Most of those women who get abortions do say that they're Christian. And we know that they've not run to the church, but they ran to the local abortion center for help. And so, as you guys know, as we told you, the, uh, the mission of Love Life is to create a culture 
We've got to shift it. I heard some things about shifting earlier. There is shifting happening. There's shifting happening in our city. The culture is shifting. I'm here to bring you a sobering word, but an encouraging word too. The tides are changing. Tides are changing. Hit this early, and it's always worth hitting multiple times, but there's no condemnation, no shame, just healing and restoration. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. Prayer. I said this is a prayer movement. I'm serious about that. Because we can show up and do a bunch of things or whatever, but without prayer, I, I, it, it would definitely be just a, a good display of some things. But we've seen prayer moving. And how we even know this is we don't rally people out there on Wednesdays, but we call you to pray and fast on Wednesday. So there's a card in your seat. There's a box for praying and fasting with us on Wednesday. And we'll ask you to fill that out here at some point and to fill in there to check off. Let us know that you're going to pray and fast with us. We get amazing testimonies on Wednesdays. Abortions have declined on, on Wednesdays and on Saturdays whenever we have focused uh, prayer time. Over 70% drop in abortions on those days. This is a prayer movement. The power of prayer to shift, to shift atmospheres, to shift what is happening in, in the dark realm at the darkest place in our city. We're seeing people turn to Jesus there. Not just choose life, but turning to Jesus as well. It's incredible what's happening. So, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. There's no abortions in heaven. There's no abortions. There's no shedding of an innocent blood in heaven. And we're loosening that same cultural dynamic here on this earth. We're not accepting it anymore. We're saying no more, not on our watch, church, not on our watch. Heard someone say that there should be above abortion centers. This abortion center is open and it should only close whenever the church says it should close. Just an indication of the church needing to show up. Church needed to be there. There's a, there's a rebuke there. There's a where have we been kind of a thing. And many, many of you have served over the past in some way, shape, or form in, in, in form of helping a mother or, or a father in, in, in a situation like this. And so thank you for being the church. So we're simply trying to activate and mobilize, unite and mobilize each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. You, everybody can do something. We can all do something. Minimally pray, right? We can pray. But there's somebody that needs a mentor, connect with you. There's somebody that, that might need uh, some provision for for some clothing or what, whatever it is. We, we have all these, all these ways to be able to help them in whatever stages that they need. I want you, want you to take a look back real quick of what has happened. You guys have been a part of this almost from the beginning. Um, the past three years, we've had over 1,500 families saved and choosing life. You guys can get happy on this stuff here. drop in abortions on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Over 45,000 people have prayer walked with us. 45,000 people from a bunch of different churches all around here. Not for a speaker, not for a band, coming together because of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus. It's not the ugliness of abortion, 
that we came together. It's the beauty of Jesus, right? Over 250 partnering churches. That's throughout North Carolina. We've had over 100. We've started here in Charlotte. We've had over 100. We've just reached 175 total. That's incredible. I'm telling, I'm tell, this isn't, this is bragging on King Jesus, because I, I get to hear a lot of this stuff in there, and so I, I don't get to do these very often, so I get to, I get to speak on some Sunday launches and, and tell you what I, what I get to hear, but over 25 abortion workers quit. They left. They got, and some of them have been on prayer walks with us. This is the hearts turning. This is the Saul to Paul moments. We were praying for that earlier. The turning of the hearts, that, that's the miracle, the turning of the heart. Over a thousand people have connected beyond the prayer walks through a mentor program, through the orphan care, through sidewalk counseling, through helping hands, through volunteers, through cultural pioneers, people helping on Saturday's mornings, people doing uh, this, people uh, being a representative for Love Life. Like, it, this is a move of God. Something is happening with his people. He's awakening his people. And so that, that's a quick look back, and you guys have, a lot of you have been a part of this, but I'm going to just as a quick reminder, show you and a reminder of what God has done at week 40 last year. Now, I wish that the good Christian people of my area would have come to the desk camp to plead for our lives like you're doing here. If only a few had come, they would have been demonized and destroyed. But what if thousands, if thousands had gathered? Do not be weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap the reward if we do not lose heart. We unite today again, not just here in Charlotte, but in Greensboro and in Raleigh. It is our opportunity today to love our neighbor enough to stand up and be counted it's our opportunity today to love our neighbor enough to reach out in love and to say there is a better way. We are a part of the greatest organism on the planet. We believe in your church. And we pray today that you will use us not to bring shame, not to bring condemnation, but to bring hope. When the church comes together, people notice. When the church comes together, the enemy takes notice. And we're driving a stake in the ground today. We're not here to put a dent in it. We're here to see it eliminated. We are here today representing the body of Christ. It's not a Baptist thing. It's not a Methodist thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. But it is a church thing. We can no longer just sit in our churches and pray. We can no longer sit quietly and sit and do nothing. We've got to take a stand. And the moment we join together, they begin to fall. Somebody when I had my abortion, there was not one person on these sidewalks. But God heard the cries of his people, and today the church is here. Have a choice. The church is here to help you walk with that baby. 
we will help you. Your prayers and your efforts were not in vain. God intervened. And because of you, and because God was working through you, she's here. Well, the reason for this land, the reason for this celebration, the reason for that stake in the ground is because we're about to see God do something supernatural. Latrobe is no longer going to be synonymous with death and abortion, but will be synonymous with life and adoption. God has called you to do something. He's called all of us to do something. What is your place on the wall? Amen, church. Come on. How many of you were there? How many of you were there with us? Come on. Jo- Joe, Joe's been doing sound, sound at, uh, at most of these prayer walks. I don't know how many of you guys know Joe back here, but um, he's been... He, Joe, wave your hand real quick. I don't know if everybody knows you. Joe's been volunteering with us down there for a long time. And uh, I think he's fairly new to this body, I guess. But uh, anyways, thank you for all that you've done, man. It, it takes a ton of volunteers to pull this type of stuff off. And it takes the church to show up for something like this to happen. And there's a shifting. There's a shifting that has been happening. And so thank you again, church, for all this uh, showing up, praying, and, and walking with us. Um, here I want to show you guys real quick just the, what this week looks like. Basically gone through a lot of this stuff already. It's here, pray, go, and connect. So you guys have heard uh, the tragic truth. We're educating you on this stuff. Um, some of you might be new and have not ever heard this. So that's why we go through this sometimes. And then uh, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, we are praying. Uh, Wednesday, that we're uniting and fasting. And then on Saturday is when we go and we pray uh, at the abortion center. And that's when we pray. We pray. I, I really want to drive that home. This is a prayer time. This is a time for prayer. So some people still some can get uh, confused. We're not going there to picket. We're not going there to protest. We're coming there to pray. We're geographically positioning ourselves where there is shedding of innocent blood right there. And we're offering hope. We're offering life. We're offering real resources. And so we're there. We're, we know that the blood is crying out. And if you've not been down there, please come down there. It will change your life. Experience what happens. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. We're not there against the abortionists. They're against the owners. They're against any of the uh, um, parking attendants and escorts there. We're there to pray and for Jesus to come in and to shift and turn that place to a place of life. To protect these women and children that are coming in there. That's what should be happening. That's what the church is for, right? The church is for this. So Saturday, we'll find out many ways to connect. And that's, like I said, there's, there's um, many people who have gone through any type of abortion. Restored Life is a way, a ministry um, that will minister to you and help find healing in that. Um, prayer Walk Champions, Mentors, Sidewalk Counselors, Orphan Care, Culture Pioneers. We explain more of that stuff on Saturday. But it's just a way to go beyond the prayer walk and get connected. What else can I do? Okay, I'm aware of this. I showed up. What can I do? I have two days a month. I have Whatever it is, figure out what you can do and be a part of this. <clears throat> right now is when we're going to look at the card that you guys have here in your on your seat. And if you guys have a pen, get ready and fill it out if you can for me. Um, this is where we're calling you to action. Um, 
this scripture here is, is something that will highlight and kind of help remind us of like, it takes a little bit of action uh, to put to our convictions and our beliefs. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Not love with just words or just speech, but with actions and in truth. Showing up, church, you know why a lot of this stuff hasn't happened before? Because it's difficult. It's not easy. We've tried to make this as doable and as easy and as seamless as possible for you. But it's still, I'm, I'm going to speak real honest because we want people that are able to connect with us on these level, these different levels. It it's, takes a little bit of sacrifice. But anything worth doing is going to take a little bit of sacrifice. And pouring out some time and some, some love for some brothers and sisters in need, that's what, that's what we're calling uh, you to. And church, be ready. Um, be ready if any mentors sign up in here. You might have a mom show up in here that, that's not been a part of, of the river for very long and, and maybe comes from a different background or different challenges. And there might be several moms and dads and families even in here now that are being covered that way. But there are more that can come, more, more, right? And that what we have church for is, is the light, right? The lost, right? We've been given the, the ministry of reconciliation. So we're just reconciling brothers and sisters back to the Father. And we're doing it through this different platform in different ways. So if you can, look at this card real quick. Just fill out your name and your email is, is the most important thing. And please put your church there too. And let us know, checkbox um, on there, if you're going to be able to be with us on Wednesday, uh, you don't have to be here. Sometimes churches will do that. But Wednesdays, uh, pray and fast with us. We'll email you some prayer points that we specifically want you to pray. And as we unite, like I said, we see a decrease in abortions on these days that we target. And then on Saturday, if you can walk with us on Saturday, we'll email you all those uh, details and address again, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Saturday at the busiest abortion center in all of the southeast right here in downtown Charlotte area on Latrobe Drive. Um, if you can, fill these out, um, and I think you're going to have the ushers come up. We're going to try to collect these right now, and, um, and have, have you guys go ahead and take a couple seconds to fill that out, and come on up and bring it up whenever you fill it out. If we could have the ushers come up now. Um, I want to read you a, a text I got in my response this week, actually. Uh, the Democrats think my name is Stephen, which is Okay. Stephen, it's Rick with McCready for Congress. Did you know that early voting has started? We're urging all of our supporters to go out and vote early election. Can we count on you for your early vote for Dan McCready this election? So I wrote back. (laughs) Dan McCready believes it's okay to take a baby growing inside its mother's womb with brainwaves and a heartbeat, a baby that can feel pain, a baby that literally pulls its legs up to try to get away from the implement being used to rip it apart in its mother's womb. You want me to go to the polls and vote for such a person? I belong to a race of people that once had laws that made it legal to kill us. I would never vote for someone who's in favor of laws to kill another. I don't know if you've ever watched the video of the silent scream. It came out several years ago when the technology to actually see what is happening inside a woman's womb became available and documents an actual abortion taking place in real time. I don't think anyone really favors politicians who promote to kill the protecting, or who promote or protect the killing of another. 
I think we just don't really see it as killing another. I'm sure you are for the protection of eagle eggs and turtle eggs and so forth. We understand that these are developing fetuses within the egg, and yet we're all in favor of protecting them. Why should the protection of a baby human be any different? I would encourage you to get a hold of that film and watch it. It might really change your views. Thanks for allowing me to share this with you. His response was, thank you for sharing it with me. Yeah. So as Will was saying, Josh, thanks. Josh was saying, these guys aren't our enemies. The enemy is our enemy. Amen. Have the ushers come forward and they're collecting those? Okay. Did you want to say something? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. Well, this is awesome. And I really hope that everyone can come out Saturday and, and be a part of this. It was kind of ironic when we got our little um, communion snack packs. <laughs> Mine was buckled, so when it opened, it splashed all over me, and I thought, I got the blood of an innocent man all over me. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's close in prayer, and when we're done, we can be dismissed. And if you are parents that have children, if you could go pick them up afterwards. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are God. You are the Holy One of Israel. You are the soon and coming King, the great I am, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You are all in all, and it's in you that we live and we move and we have our being. So, Father, we pray that this Saturday we live and we move and we have our being in you at the gates of hell where life and death have been set before people and you tell us the right choice choose life and that our presence and our prayers and your anointing and your presence and your power would result in decisions being made for life right at the point of death Mm, mm. and we pray this we ask your blessing in jesus name amen amen and i do want to ask the ministry team to come forward because um If there's anyone here that feels condemnation, even though you've been told over and over there is no condemnation in Messiah Jesus, who walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh, the enemy still tries to put it on you. So for any of those who want prayer.